Hi, this is Joseph Curry, and I am the host of the Labar Media Podcast. And on today's episode, we're talking to Ifwa Labi. So Ifwa is a producer and also a writer. You know, she works in the, I guess you can say, the media industry in Ghana. She does quite a number of things, documentaries, advertisements, shoots, things like that. So on today's show, I just wanted to just discuss with her about, you know, the Ghana movie industry and just the media in general. Like, are we growing as an industry? Because it's it's interesting when you compare our industry, maybe Nigeria, South Africa, and what the big names like Netflix are doing there as well. So we just want to have a quick conversation, just discuss that and see, you know, what's happening in Ghana, basically. So, hope you enjoy. And welcome to another edition of the Labari Media Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph. And today I have my guest, Ifwa Labi. Hi, Ifwa. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. And hello to everybody. Awesome, awesome. So today we're going to be talking basically about, you know, the, we're going to talk about Ghana and just the industry in, in part, especially with media, like TV shows, movies, things like that. So I wanted to get you on just to ask you a couple of questions since you are in the industry. Like, what would you describe yourself as? Like, would you describe as a writer, producer? What would you describe yourself as? Uh, I am a writer, producer. For the past year, I've been working mainly as a producer. Well, I write on the side, but I mostly work as a producer and or fixer. And what was the last one? I work. I sometimes work as a fixer. So a fixer basically is like a line producer, but you help like when, especially in Ghana now, like foreign crews, foreign productions come mm-hmm. into the country. So when they come into the country, you help them sort out permit location. If they need cast, you do cast, just so that the production goes on smoothly in the country. Okay, cool. So yeah, we're going to be talking about the fact that more foreign. Um, crews are coming into Ghana to film and all that, but I wanted to focus more on the local side first. Okay. Um, I think we we have a kind of a deficit when it comes to like producing you know good content in the country. I think well maybe from my perspective, um, what do you think the issues are when it comes to like producing you know local TV movies and films? I think that um, over the past couple of years, well, recent like five years we've always had like good content but the thing is about visibility of content Mm -hmm. you know like in ghana we only have two cinemas or three cinemas right and the tv stations unfortunately for us don't really invest in like local content or the local content they invest in are things that a lot of people do not really watch or they or there's there's content they invest in or the tv shows are mostly foreign because they are cheaper to license because if you want to license uh shows from india or philippines they are way cheaper than licensing shows or putting money into producing stuff from ghana so there's always been good quality shows but then because there hasn't been where like the visibility eyes on it there you know 
their leadership to be like, okay, this is the leadership and the structure of it of, of like, okay, this is where we want to go to say as a country, as an industry. Mm-hmm. So this is the sort of things that we want to see because whoever we try to model uh, our industry as they have like a clear case. That's why maybe if, if you watch any TV show in say in America or the UK, they are like five police shows, five medical mm-hmm. dramas. Yeah. Cause there's a target us and this is where we want to go to, but we haven't had that sort of structure. So everybody yeah. does what they want. Um, why do you think the structures are not in play? Because I mean, I think we have like, you know, I think there's Nafti and there's other like local players in the market. So why do you think we don't have that structure yet? I mean, now the NFA is trying to bring sense to like the whole chaos in the film industry, but they're just one body and there isn't a lot of transparency or as much transparency as I think people would like, because I've been to a couple of their events. I've listened to them speak on like the industry, but it kind of seems very much restricted to if you know, you know. And it's not being opened up to other people that explore different genres because it's still based on, okay, you have to shoot like a movie or a music video. I mean, a movie or a television show. And those are important. But if we look at like the next generation of um, directors coming up, next generation of producers, they're mostly doing these shots. Like they do the commercials, they do the music videos because it's easy to uh, cut your teeth on these projects. It's easy to find your voice when you're doing a music video. It's easy to find your voice when you're shooting a commercial. And so, and that, and that in itself has its own, you know, its own ecosystem. And that, and in, I think that in a way, we have to find a way to translate that into the larger stories because shooting a commercial, shooting a music video is way different than shooting a television show or shooting a movie because it takes more money, more logistics, more planning. And you can't, like, if, if I'm, I've, I've planned a one-day commercial. We just shot a commercial. I've planned a one-day commercial. And the, the thought and planning that goes into it is very different from planning a two-week a two week project. And it's very different from doing a four-week project. It, and it has to be, like, different people with different expertise. Because I have come to understand that you can't do everything by yourself. And trying mm-hmm. to do it is what is hampering us. A lot of collaboration that we, people are collaborating, but it's mostly within the industry. Like, mm-hmm. or a director, instead of it being like a cross industry, someone who is like a lawyer who's interested in film, there's transparency in money. It, it has to be, it has to cut across so that it makes sense for people to actively participate in it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I want to talk about as far as challenges, you know, working together and also just talking about, um, you know, collaboration, because it seemed that there's a lot of like limitations when it comes to, you know, camera equipment, you know, working with studios and the tech support and legal and all, all that stuff. Like, yeah. do, what's, what's the issues when it comes to like maybe like getting uh, cameras to rent, you know, getting studios, equipment, things like that? Okay, so right now, um hmm. right now there are equipment in the country so it's not a matter of there are no equipment there are equipment in the country there are people who know how to use these equipment however it's the cost Hmm. but also i feel like especially for an industry that is still finding its steps in ghana we have to find a way to make the cost work 
once again, it has to be collaboration. But I think that in its base, it has to be a sense of why we are doing this and transparency. Because I've realized that in Ghana, across any kind of business, be it whatever business, transparency hurts the business because it kind of feels like, wait, if we said we don't have money, and if there's an influx of, say, $50,000, people feel like there's no transparency on the $50,000. And instead of it, instead of the money coming coming into the project to bring the project forward, then it fizzles out because everybody feels like they are being cheated out of money. Right. Yeah. So, so basically more, it's become more of a, like a not, not trusting each other as far as, you know, working together. Is that, is that the issue at the moment? I feel like, yeah, I feel like people need to find a way to trust each other. And I, I mean, you don't have to be friends to trust each other, but you have, you have to have a, you have to have a sense of like, okay, this person, we might not be the best of friends, but when it comes to business, this is where it's going to, we get, you know, have a way because the thing is that in Ghana, it, it's not as expensive to produce. It's, it's not as expensive as it is to say produce a movie anywhere else, but it's also expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you get it. Like, like what? Like what numbers are we working with when it comes to expenses, for instance? Okay, so in Ghana, it costs the same to rent a camera as anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to rent a red in Ghana, it costs say five hundred dollars. As it will, right. I'm just ballparking like here, five hundred, six hundred dollars. As it will cost to rent a camera in the UK, say a cinema camera a day. But the things that work in the UK is that they have things like, oh, if you're renting for a 10-day shoot or if you're renting for a seven-day shoot or a weekend, you're able to do deals. So if I say for 10 days, you'd rent it for 6,000, but it gives you for 5,000. And it's also because like there's stuff like insurance, like insurance companies understand the industry. So they take out insurance on the stuff. But here in Ghana, even getting workman compensation for internal productions is stressful because last year I had a production where I had to take out insurance for the crew and I had to explain into details on why I was taking the uh, insurance, explain that the people that we are working with, they are not salary workers. We work per mm-hmm. project. So I can't take out an insurance every month on them. Mm-hmm. So it, it, had to, it was stressful, but I was able to communicate and take out insurance. So from last year till now, every production, I take out an insurance for the for the people, for the crew, just so that when something happens, you're able to offset it. But at the same time... Yeah, go ahead. But at the same time, how many people, like a lot of people see that as as waste. Do you get Mm. it? Because it's like, why would I bother to take out insurance? Like, uh, it's it's not necessary. But I found that these structures, when you put these structures in place, it makes sense when money keeps when money starts coming in because you know that okay so when i was paid say a hundred dollars a day i paid insurance of say five dollars so now that i get a thousand dollars a day i'm paying a fifty dollar insurance or something but if so my point is we have to figure out a way to make put structures in place structures that work for us because i'm not going to say that okay look at how hollywood does their structures or look at how the the british do their structures i feel like in Ghana, there are unique solutions that will work for us. So that's how, that's what we need to look out for instead of trying to take everything cut blanche and put it here. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the structures in place. So how does even the legal 
field work? Because, you know, when it comes to, let's say you're trying to draw up a contract, you know, the terms, do you think that we are, we, that structure, legal structure is in place in Ghana at the moment? I, there are people that are putting it in place, but right now it, it's also because of the industries that thrive. The music industry is thriving in Ghana. Yeah. Is yeah. it where we want it to be? Not really, but we can see, we can sort of see where if we put our energies to, it can improve. So there are lawyers there that can look at their deals, especially because there are all these distribution deals and recording deals. So they are looking at it. But for film, it is diverse because now you have to do image rights and how many years is it for image rights and are you going to be paid you get like it's it's so complex and intricate and because now and because in ghana people are trying to figure out if we should do it are you paid and that's it like one and done i'll pay you fifty thousand, and then that's it you don't come to me anymore or it's going to be like like i'm going to give you a little bit but anytime you sell the movie or anytime you sell the tv show to someone you get some out of it so these are all considerations that i feel like we should all be looking at doing so that we see which one works for ghana um yeah that's interesting you know it looked like we still don't have those structures in place because for instance we know that i think um somebody mentioned it that they're trying to film the sequel to girl strip in ghana so film uh the girl strip sequel right yeah yeah, so for instance, if they want to now come to Ghana, for instance, like what are the challenges they're going to face as far as, you know, getting permits, you know, getting access to certain things to even start filming? Uh, I'm, honestly, it would be easier for them to shoot in Ghana because they have money to, they'll get a local fixer. I mean, hey, they should come to my company so that fix for them, but they, they'll get a local fixer and the local fixer will just, they'll write, they'll apply at the NFA for a film permit, for a crew permit and cast permit which it will all be added to the cost and then there'll be location permits depending on where exactly it is they want to film looking at a film like girl strip they probably want to stay at say kempinski they'd want to do afrochella they'd want to do say any of the december because I, I i have a feeling it's going to be in december but they are yeah. going to do any of those december parties and events and it's going to be really easy for them because first of all it's going to be will parker entertainment it's going to be girl strip people would literally open the doors for them to be like oh my goodness i want to be like in the girl strip because it works it's a quid pro quo because even as much as they're going to be paid for it it's also going to help elevate their brand because if get if afro afro chala sorry now it's afro future if it's featured yeah. on girl strip they will be paid for 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 rice to film there because obviously people are going to be there because you have to tell them that hey we are going to film we are filming you for this so it has there has to be a broadcast release where people know that they might appear in girl strip so there might be that there would be all these releases you have to sign with people but at the end of the afro future will see that okay in a year's time people would see afro future they'll see that oh it's a banging festival so they'll make a date to come so I feel like girl strip filming in Ghana is going to be really easy. I don't see how the only impediments they would face would be traffic, would be cost, because they, I, we are in Ghana. We've seen how the cost of things have been rising over the past couple of months. So that's what they're going to face. They're going to be shocked by how much things cost. I feel like that's what that's what, that's the one thing that will really shock them.
Okay, that's it. that means most of the issues are relating to money, like just getting permits. You have to pay a lot of money to get a permit. So that means yeah. like how then how does the future of the local filmmaker work? Because how are they supposed to secure like these, I guess, large amounts of money to even film their projects? I okay, so in Ghana a lot of people source for money from friends and family, from like their day jobs because if you want to do, I know a lot of people who, when they do a film, they're like, they either go to Silverbird mm-hmm. or lately they go to Aquaba Magic. Yeah. So it would be like, okay, so we have a film for you. How much, like, okay, if you want to be a part a co-production, how much do you think you can, you are willing or able to support? So if, say, I mean, I'm going to spit out the numbers here. They are not accurate. Somebody she uses for how much mm-hmm. things cost. So if um, Aquaba Magic says, okay, we can give you uh, 50,000 cities, but you get two hours, mm. you can use that assurance from Aquaba Magic to then go and solicit for sponsorship. Because so, you can go to say mm. MTN and be like, okay, MTN, I have two hours at Aquaba Magic for a movie. And this is the story, this and this and this. How do you think you can come on board? And MTN can be like, okay, we will give you X amount of money plus access, then you leverage on that and say, go to um, Belacqua and tell Belacqua, okay, Belacqua, I have Aquaba Magic, I have MTN, we are doing this movie, this and this and this and this, this is how much it costs. Then, so Belacqua can decide to either give you products or give you money. So in Ghana, that's how you have to like leverage everything you have so that by the time you are able to go talk to say 10 sponsors and you come back and you have like say, Okay, I was able to make, I was able to get three hundred thousand CDs for this movie. Plus, I have an assured two hours for my Kaba Magic. And if it, that movie costs five hundred thousand, the rest of the two hundred thousand you have to like source your own money to do it or find further financing. In Ghana, here I don't know if any banks gives loan for movies, but in America they do. No, I don't think so. But in America they do. So you you take out a loan for the movie. When the movie comes out, you sell it make the money back, pay who you have to pay, and then see how much money you made out of it. But a lot of times, they, a lot of times, people don't make profits. Mm. They don't make, I don't, they don't, no, I don't think, I know they don't make as much profits. It's lately that now, Peter Sedofia, I think Kofas, Shelly from Portman, so obviously, they make profits out of it. But it has to, it will always go back into the next projects because you always want to be, like top of mind awareness to be like, Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm still making movies just so that you'll be able to push and push yeah. and push. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even that, that's interesting because I think the last, well, that I can remember the last movie that was local movie was I think an Eva Nelson movie. Cause I know she has her own production. So I'm guessing she does the same thing you said, you know, getting sponsors, getting loans or friends and family, because yeah. then if that's the case, then, why even try to do it if you're not even making profit? What's the long-term goal? Yeah, I mean, the, that's so the long-term goal. <laughs> in Ghana, if you look at like the movie industry in Ghana, everybody that was making movies, if you watch, like I told you so, if you watch uh, the, uh, the Road to Concrete to Me, all these people, all these people made 
movies because it was something that they loved to do. I mean, still, there's there's love to it, but there's also a, a certain kind of understanding that okay, we need to make money out of it. So yeah. and and also it it also depends on the individual filmmakers. Like, what is enough? You know, someone will make five CD profits and feel like, hey, this is amazing. And to some other person, they make ten thousand. It's like, oh, this we did not make any money from this movie or from this TV show. So it all depends on what your goals are. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, so even talking about making money, I know there's, you know, the whole thing with the American industry, movie industry, the SAG, the, the writer strike, all that stuff. So even yeah. when we think about even our context, right now, we know that movies come out in Ghana. They go to like Silverbird, local cinema, things like that. But is the industry focusing on the streaming aspect? And if they are, are they also thinking about, you know, making extra money, like residues, like what's the writers in America complaining about? I would, are they even looking to that aspect as far as streaming? In Ghana or you're talking? Yeah, just in Ghana, like, because I've seen some movies, Ghana movies appear on Netflix, some appear on Aquaba Magic, some appear on Showmax, but are they making money? Are they, you know, doing deals to get residue payments from these, um, you know, big companies? I think so. So what I know, I don't know about the people doing the original shows for Aquaba Magic, and Showmax, but I do know about the people that gave their movies to Netflix because at that at that point they are just licensing the movies. Because if you look at a movie like Side Chick Gang, it came out a couple of years back. It was in Silverbird for a while, and so they just licensed it to Netflix, and that's an additional revenue stream. Now, once again, I don't know how people, I don't know how the contracts for movies go in Ghana. I don't know if it's a one and done thing. So like, you were my movie two years ago, so that's it. I don't pay you any more money if I get more money for the movie. You know, I, wow. that's the thing. Like, I've been trying to figure out how actor contracts work in Ghana, and I still haven't seen any of it. So I think that it, so in Ghana, and, and because of those kind of loopholes, that's why streaming. That's why streaming services that are not based in Europe and America kind of have a leeway. Because if you see the contracts they do with like the South Koreans, with the South Africans, with the Nigerians, they kind of seem like a lot of it feel like you are paid up front and then that's it. It's like it's a one and done. And so they give you like a lot of money up front and then forget about you and then that's it. Hmm. I'm saying we can assume that, you know, most of the movies that appear on Netflix, Showmax, sometimes we can assume that most of it might be be a one and done than you know getting residues from the streaming. Yeah, yeah, I I genuinely feel like those ones are one and done because for some of them they are paid per episode. So if you are paid for an episode, once again, it all depends on the contract. Like, is this a Showmax original? So which means that it goes nowhere than Showmax, which for me has always been like my personal gripe about streaming, even before like you know, the whole writer's strike and the actor's strike because it felt like streaming felt done. Because once your movie or TV show goes on streaming, it goes nowhere else. Like, what happens if you can't access Netflix? What happens when you can't access Paramount Plus? Yeah. And Paramount Plus isn't even in, in in Africa. Paramount Plus is, I think, isn't even in Asia. So for me, streaming always felt very myopic because if a movie comes out and a TV show comes out, and the TV show is only found on Netflix. I mean, sure, Netflix has the most numbers. So a lot of people say that, oh, yeah, it makes sense. But if you think about how all the 
TV shows and movies of the past worked, they had DVD releases. So if that had like the director's cut, it had the extra scenes, it had all those little things that made it worthwhile to buy a DVD set. Now we don't have that. And I don't see Netflix releasing like a bloopers reel onto their service or on like doing that anytime soon. And that's even for like the established, that's for like Hollywood. And that's why they are doing all this fight about it. So I wonder, like I, I look at Ghana and I feel like if we don't, especially Ghana, because I'm, well, I'm in Ghana, if we don't put the steps in place, if we don't put the structures in place, we would wake up one day and feel like, hold on, um, we haven't been treated fairly, but at the end of the day, we'd have, we would have signed a contract anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it, the industry is still, I guess, getting better over time. But then, if we don't look into these, you know, new industries or new platforms, I don't know how it's going to go. Because, for instance, if somebody decides to, like, let's say, a local TV network decides to take a movie from um, Justin Demars and put it on TV, does Justin Demars get extra revenue, or is it just that she was paid up front, so now? She's not getting to see any revenue from her new movie playing on TV now. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like for for Jocelyn Omar, she she would get additional revenue because it's her face, it's her name. She's quite popular, so for her, she would get additional revenue from it. Yeah. But what do you think about maybe the local local streaming platforms? For instance, I know that I think Shelly Amanta has her own platform that she kind of you know puts her movies and stuff there. Do you think that might be the trendy way to go? Because again, what if I can't access Netflix? Maybe I can access you know a local platform to kind of view these movies and TV shows. Okay, so I know, so I know she has, I know she has one. I know Farmhouse Productions have one. Personally, I do not think. I don't know the business model for it. I don't think they are they are great ideas. I felt like if they wanted to do that, they should have all come together and been like, "Oh, we are doing a blah 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 platform for movies." So if you want to see the latest movie from Shelley from Pomaso, from Farmhouse, blah, they come here. But then I also think about money and how money would be a problem, and I understand why they each decided to do their individual platforms, but it. I feel like already there's too much, like there's too much where people have to do, like people have to go through, like people are comfortable with Netflix because they know that, okay, but I click, I can't do that. And so if they're going to do like their own platforms, it has to make sense. It has to be worthwhile. I mean, sure, it does, it is worthwhile, but like how many platforms do you really want to go to? Because if, say, Shelly from Poma, so she hasn't had a new movie or a new show in a while, that it wouldn't make sense to still be paid to subscribe to it because, like, there's nothing new on there. But if there are a bunch of different ones, like a bunch of different directors, a bunch of different producers that have formed this platform, then it kind of feels like, oh, every time when you go there, we'll see something yeah. to watch. But that's because in Ghana, I feel like we need to explore different distribution channels. Like Silverbed is great, but maybe we should figure out how to do distribution better. Like will we do a school to school tour with the movie? Are we going to do, if the movie is about God, are we going to do a church to church movie viewing where people will pay some amounts of money to watch it? I feel like we need to explore different revenue models 
just so we can make it work. Hmm. Well, so it looks like it's a lot of work left to do in the industry because I mean, yes, Ghana has become a destination for outside people. I know, um, what's his name? Erdos Alba said he wants to establish a studio in Ghana. People are talking about establishing things in Ghana, but I think there was a recent comment from, I can't remember her name, but she was on a panel talking about the industry and saying that Ghana, as far as filming, the government wasn't being as open. So they had to go to like South Africa, where it's much better to film, things like that. Like, what are the challenges left like to face an industry? Like, what do you think our problems are and how do we get them fixed? Honestly, our, problem, <laughs> our problems are many. How we get them fixed has to be top-down, up, up, to, up top. Because top-down, there has to be policy. You know how yeah, yesterday or like a couple of days back, they were talking about the fact that, oh, if you are a business owner, you get like a five-year tax holiday. Yeah, it doesn't work in Ghana. I've never, I've not met anybody that has gotten a tax holiday. And so if you're not, re- a lot of people who do movies are not registered business owners. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be drummed up about the fact that, look, you have to be a registered business owner so that you can have access to certain opportunities, have access to certain doors, have access to certain spaces. So from the top of that, and then it has to look attractive to them. Like, okay, so if I'm going to register my business, I'm a film business what sort of tax holidays do I get if I import cameras? Um, do I get my cameras? I import duties waived for me. Do I, you know, all these little things have to be put in place because right now importing stuff into a country is so expensive. So it makes it difficult for someone, for people to bring equipment into the country because if they're going to bring whatever, like they're going to be like trusses, they're going to bring like robotic arms. They look at the import duties and it just feels like a lot. Because you look at that and you look at wait, how 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 many movies, how many times do I have to rent it out to make my money back? Will be will the people even in Ghana be able to afford it? Like all these little questions and things that have to be asked and that have to be put in place, has to be put in place. And for the people, I feel like collaboration is the way to go. Like honestly, I feel like a lot of people should collaborate more, look to collaborate with people from other African countries even because like Ghana is small in terms of like revenue structure. Ghana is small. So if we could find a way to genuinely like not collaborate, like, Oh, you know, this is an act. I know like even behind the scenes, like you have a Nigerian producer, a Ghanaian director, a Ghanaian, a Nigerian producer, a Ghanaian, you know, it has to, it has to be intentional. We have to be intentional about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's interesting. But so wrapping up, I had one last question. I think last year you were involved with the Global Citizens, like the music concert. I think SZA came yeah. to Ghana, Usher came to Ghana. I wanted to just talk about your experience with that, just working with that crew when they came in and everything, how it went down, and what were your experience like? Okay, so during Global Citizen, we the company was contacted. On one, which is all like we we were contacted on our email, but then it was also on Instagram. Mm. So it was like, okay, hey, we want, we are doing this uh, documentary roundup thing for ABC News and for Hulu. So we need to we need you guys to like shoot it for us. So then it was just a matter of having meetings on like just have meetings, do the structure for it. And then that, what you realize when you speak with people who work with 
people who work in America is the fact that everybody in Ghana can do the same work that they do. Right. But it's just that they have like more structures in place. They are more meticulous in how they do their, their you know, the leadership board, the organizational charts. So if you are, say, director A, director A, you have to go through this person and that person and that person. And each person is supposed to be able to direct your concerns before it gets higher up. So that's it. So during Global Citizen, we had to film the behind the scenes. Then we had to film the intro for Deny, Gurira's intro for Global Citizen. But because I was, we I think we went to the Independence Square three times before the actual production. And it was a lot of like, a lot of Ghanaians on the ground working. Like a lot of everybody that came together to make it work were Ghanaians. And I think that that same thing, I remember when Global Citizen was over, everybody was talking about the fact that, you know, this is what we need in Ghana. And I was like, yeah, this is what we do need in Ghana. But it's also about people being intentional and also not being afraid of not being liked. Because a lot of, a lot of, like, a lot of foreign crews will tell you what they need and they're not going to see, oh, how do you take it? Do you? No, it's like, no, we need 15 buses. And all you have to tell them that, okay, 15 buses is not possible, where you can get 10 buses and two four by fours. And then you, you find a way to fix it. So I feel like, in all in all, we have to put our cards on the table. Personally, I feel like everybody should put their cards on the table. Be honest. It's business. So you, you all, you're always going to look out for yourself, but put your cards on the table, see what's possible, and then strive. Because once you accomplish something that's small, then you can move on to do bigger projects and bigger projects to handle bigger money. So it, so that when the door actually opens for you to have, like, say, a $5 million movie, it doesn't feel overwhelming because you've tackled, like, it's in stages. Okay. That makes sense. So with that yeah. success of that, um, so what what are the, what do you say the key lessons you learned from that experience that you think can be applied locally? Document everything. Hmm. Global Citizen, I, we did Global Citizen. We also fixed the Deborah Union documentary. And the key thing for me is document everything. Like no matter how unimportant you think it is, document it. Because some way, somehow, if something goes wrong, you would need to prove that you knew what was happening. So that's my thing. Like document everything. Always have a line of communication. No matter how silly you think it is, always seek clarification. Because the people that you're going to work with, but the people that are around you, you're all working together to achieve the same goal. You know, which is having an, an amazing time, having doing an amazing project. So always document everything and always, always, always seek clarification. Okay. Yeah. That's good. So do you guys are you guys gonna be working with some of the big name people this year as well? Because I think, you know, the year returns back again. So I think there's gonna be a lot of noise. Are you guys gonna be working with some of these people again? I don't know. We're in August. <laughs> I have no idea. Yet, I mean, we've done. We just shot a commercial for a Ghanaian brand, but we just shot a commercial, and that was that was really interesting because now we are starting to see a lot of like Ghanaian brands embrace different types of storytelling. Hopefully, it doesn't become like a one and done. It becomes like okay, this is this is what's possible, so let's do it. And I hope that's all we are able to do but for this year i know fingers crossed that we were able to be part of certain projects and see how that pans out 
Yeah. Well, hope, hope it works well. I mean, it sounds like we have a lot of work to do in the industry, but let's see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. All right, Fort, thank you very much for joining. We really appreciate you Hi. coming on. Okay, thank you too for having me.